Kid News fans, are you looking for your next new adventure? There's a brand new podcast out now we think you and your family are going to love. It's called Mysteries About True Histories. Here's a preview. From the creators of Who Smarted Starglow Media comes a podcast full of mystery, adventure, time travel, and riddles, and secret math. Get ready to listen, laugh, and learn with Mysteries About True Histories every Thursday on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Good morning and welcome to Kid News, sponsored today by Bamboo Learning. I'm Tori. Today is Friday, November 6, 2020, and we begin with one of the closest presidential races in U.S. history still on a razor's edge, but also likely within hours of yielding a winner. As of this recording early Friday morning, President Trump and challenger Joe Biden are in a virtual tie in both Georgia and Pennsylvania and running neck and neck in Nevada and Arizona. Votes are still being counted in all four of those states, but election officials say they might soon have enough to call the races one way or another. Mr. Trump isn't waiting. He's already called for recounts and says he'll take his allegations of election wrongdoing to the Supreme Court if necessary. For his part, Mr. Biden believes the process is working and is urging patience. He's also pretty confident. He's already set up a website for his transition team and is making plans for a big announcement. Mr. Biden is 77 years old. If he wins, he'll be the oldest person ever elected president, and President Trump would be the 10th sitting president to lose re-election. If Mr. Trump pulls out the win, he'll be the 22nd U.S. president to get a second term. Are all presidential elections this chaotic? The answer is no. But this race was the perfect storm of huge turnout, an overwhelming number of mail-in ballots, and an outcome closer than anyone had anticipated. With each state having different rules for what can be counted and when, it's no surprise that a giant question mark hangs over some of the results. Regardless, history was made. Joe Biden has already received more individual votes than any other presidential candidate ever, with President Trump right on his heels with the second most. Two states used the election to catch up with the national conversation. Rhode Island just kicked to the curb the last half of its official name, Rhode Island and Providence Plantations. Critics of the change say plantation in this case referred to Rhode Island's farming history and had nothing to do with slavery. But those who supported the change said regardless, the phrase needed to go as part of the country's racial reckoning. Also in the South, Mississippi now has a new flag. Gone is a Confederate battle emblem. In is a magnolia flower with the words, in God we trust. News from the coronavirus front is not good. According to Johns Hopkins, the U.S. recorded north of 114,000 new cases yesterday, the biggest single-day total since the pandemic began. Infections are also off the charts again in Europe. Great Britain's second lockdown kicked in yesterday, and according to the Sun newspaper, anyone who tries to leave their home without a valid reason could be fined 200 pounds, which is about $262. Repeat offenders are looking at escalating punishments up to 6,400 pounds, or more than $8,000. France, Germany, and Italy are also rolling out new measures to keep citizens at home or masked up and socially distant until this second wave passes. 
Swifties can celebrate. Now that it's November of 2020, pop star Taylor Swift can start re-recording her first five albums and take ownership of her own music. Until now, she couldn't because of a legal beef with Scooter Braun, the producer who bought the company she signed with when she was just 15. That contract is now over, and Swift is expected to head back into the studio to retake control of the albums Taylor Swift, Fearless, Speak Now, Red, and 1989. How are her fans reacting? With a trending hashtag, Taylor is free. The platypus is already a bit of an odd duck. It has the body of an otter, the tail of a beaver, sports a bill like a bird, and can sling venomous spurs. Now we're learning that they also glow. Researchers at Northland College were actually studying flying squirrels when they found out that under UV light, the squirrel fur lights up pink. That got them interested in testing the black light on another mammal. And sure enough, platypus fur is also biofluorescent, meaning it absorbs short wavelengths of light and emits longer ones. But in this case, the cool glow is blue and green instead of pink. Biofluorescence is typically found in birds, insects, and marine life. It helps to lure prey, find a mate, and camouflage. But it's rare in mammals, and the researchers aren't sure how, when, or why the platypus got its glow on. That's it for Kid News. Now our Kid News Quiz. Which four states could make or break the presidential race? Pennsylvania, Georgia, Nevada, and Arizona. What state just voted to drop Providence Plantations from its official name? Rhode Island. How many new coronavirus cases were reported in the U.S. yesterday? More than 114,000, according to Johns Hopkins, which is the most since the pandemic began. What color does platypus fur glow under UV light? Blue and green. And one for the road. If you've been following the presidential race, you've no doubt seen your fair share of donkeys and elephants. They're on campaign signs, stickers, and buttons. But how did donkeys come to represent Democrats and elephants, the Republicans? It dates back to the mid-1800s and a man named Thomas Nast, who did intricate political cartoons pitting the two parties against each other. Because he was a staunch Republican, he made his party's animal a noble elephant and gave the opposition the donkey. Democratic President Andrew Jackson didn't mind the comparison, however, and actually embraced it. For more on Thomas Nast and his cartoons, just say Alexa Open Bamboo Luminaries. Before we head out for the weekend, let's turn it over to Kim for today's Kid News Shoutouts. Thanks, Tori. We start today in Canada, celebrating Ms. Korish and her students at Elizabeth Park Elementary in Paradise, Newfoundland. And we say hello to Mrs. Cutler and her class at Tentasqua High School in Sturbridge, Massachusetts. And before we get to our birthdays, we want to say hi and thanks for the pronunciation tip to Grant in Grand Blank, Michigan. And we send good wishes to all those turning another year older. Zach in Struisby on the Western Cape of South Africa. 
Nola in New York, New York, Knox in Sea Island, Georgia, to Illinois for Grant in Glen Carbon and Ella in Libertyville, to Texas for Harper in Brownsville and Cavia in Houston, Addison in Gilbert, Arizona, Turner in Kingston, Tennessee, Lucas in Sanford, Florida, to California for Shreya in San Ramon and Francois in Los Angeles, Harris in Charleston, South Carolina, Cedric in North Olmsted, Ohio, to Virginia for Abbott in Johns Creek, Lely in Reston, and Gadea in Vienna, Cayenne in Noblesville, Indiana, and James in Wake Forest, North Carolina. Thanks for listening, everyone. Don't forget to take our Week in Review quiz, and we'll see you back here for more kid news Monday morning. 